0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Resilient Christian Podcast. I'm Aaron, your host, and today is an audience question and answer day. Today's question comes from one of our amazing listeners, Kelsey, who asked us, can God redeem everything in our world, uh, this side of heaven? In other words, can any sin in our life or in the culture be redeemed and made right, right now, before Jesus actually returns and establishes his kingdom on earth? And this is a great question because we've seen a shift in our culture in the last 20 years from being based in a Judea christian kind of ethic where we draw our ethics and decisions out of kind of the Ten Commandments in the Bible to one that's more based on a pluralistic society where morality is defined by each person. And so we see people making decisions around sexuality and gender and the definition of family and proper business ethics and individual respect of other people um, that aren't always taught in the Bible. In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said himself that as the time neared for him to return, that wickedness would increase and the love of of others would grow cold. Now, I I don't want to say that we're in the end times at all. I could be kind of cringy. But what I am saying is that God also talked about how culture would shift and change as we got closer and closer. Uh, All to say the Romans in the first century were one of the most um, anti-God cultures around. And they had a lot of things that were a lot worse than we see today in our own world, just to kind of have some food for thought. So can God redeem everything? The quick answer is yes, he can. Yes, God can redeem everything. Yes, God can change any part of your heart. He can change any part of society. Uh, Here are five reasons why. Number one, first, God does and uses um, the faith of his people to redeem us. Hebrews 11 talks about all of these people that God used who had faith in him. Uh, in Hebrews 11 verse 11, it says this, "By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was able to bear children because she considered God faithful, who made the promise. So we see Sarah, in her faith, God used her faith even to redeem her inability to have children. So God's God's ability to redeem anything uh, can happen, and he often uses the faith of his people. Number two, we have seen God change entire cultures and societies in the Bible. We see evidence of this with Jonah when he goes to Nineveh to preach repentance. And Nineveh was an awful, awful society. If you do some studying on that, we see um, uh, uh, Daniel in Babylon and we see changes with, with Nebuchadnezzar. And we also see it to some degree with Joseph and Egypt in the Old Testament too. And what happened was these, these really God-fearing uh, leaders and men went and they, they, they lived a godly life. And somehow through their influence of others, societies changed oftentimes through the leadership of, of, of government and, um, and other spheres of influence as well. The sad part about all of that though, is that we often see that within a generation, an entire culture forgets what God had done and they go back to their problems and the sin they had before. We see that again and again, even with Jonah and Daniel and, 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 and Joseph, that's where we see that in Genesis. Um, Third, the early church sought to help uh, uh, the culture change through counter-cultural discipleship. We see God changing massive amounts of culture and society through the early church, through the first Christians, especially in the second and third century. Uh, the early Christian church, um, they would require people to abandon really awful sins before they would ever even baptize them. Um, and so they would have to change their lifestyle before they could ever say that I was a Christian. And this created such a noticeable difference in the lives of people that non-Christians in the Roman Empire noticed and they wanted to become Christians. Um, Now, the greatest way we saw the society change in the first, first, second and third century was through people who were willing to be a martyr for Jesus. Martyrdom was the greatest um, avenue for evangelism for the first uh, three centuries of the church. And God used people who are willing to die um, by the sword, be burned alive uh, at the stake um, to advance the kingdom and change the society because they are willing to suffer for the sake of Christ. And that is an amazing thing. And there's a lot to think about when it comes to wanting to see change in our world um, and the cost it may have on our own lives. Number four, for us today, God's forgiveness cleanses us from the effects of all sin. First John 1, 8 through 8-10 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The promise in 1 John is that when we confess our sin, he forgives us. He forgives you and he purifies us. He cleanses us from past, present, and future sins. And that idea of cleansing, you can imagine it. It's like cleaning out Something that's uh, you know a dirty glass or a dirty jar. God's forgiveness cleanses us from the effects of sin. Lastly, because of Christ's death, Christ has had victory over all sin and all of the power of sin. Um, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four and fifty seven, a great passage to read and memorize. It says this: Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? And where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of the sin of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. He gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We are told in this passage that Christ's death and resurrection had victory over all sin, past, present, and future, and the effects of sin, even to the point of death so that we have hope that when we die we will be resurrected one day god has made us who believe in jesus new creation first corinthians five seventeen says therefore if anyone is in christ they are a new creation the old is gone the new is here and so in christ his victory is over us and now it's being worked out in our day-to-day world in our day-to-day lives and so we should not lose hope in our ministry or in our own efforts for sanctification for God's work to work out in us. And that's why he says, um, know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Um, this all reminds me of a great story from World War II. When World War II ended, Nazi Germany surrendered, Nazi Germany surrendered uh, to the Allies and there was a sort of mopping up job for everybody. Even though the Allies had won, some of the German armies wouldn't accept defeat or they hadn't heard that the war was over. And so there were little battles popping up here and there around Europe. It took time for the message that the Allies had won and Germany had surrendered to reach everyone. In the same way Christ's death had victory, for those of us who are are Christians, it takes time for that victory to take effect in our lives and to see that victory in our lives over time. Um, For those who aren't Christian, sometimes the news of Christ's death and victory hasn't reached them or they don't want to accept that victory. And so they continue to fight against what God is doing. And so sometimes there is this this gap of Christ's victory has been over us, but it does take time to work out that victory. And that's what we call sanctification in the Christian life. It takes time. And know this, um, your sanctification is not your effort alone. Your sanctification is also through the power and the grace of Jesus working in and through you. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The training of Jesus in Matthew 11 that he, that he alludes to is a light, purposeful training that guides us over time. It's a gracious training. It's a gracious yoke. And so our spiritual growth happens over time through the graciousness of Jesus as we learn from him. He says, learn from me and take my, my yoke upon you. Um, and so we want to learn from the graciousness of Jesus. And over time, his grace has victory over more and more parts of our life. Hey, thank you guys for listening again. This has been a question and answer uh, episode. Grateful for you all. I'm Aaron, your host. And I hope that these uh, answers are encouraging for you to be a resilient disciple. If you have a question, please DM uh, them to us on our Instagram account at Podcast on Instagram or you can email me directly at fceastvale at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. All right, God bless you all. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.